For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Caleb Park. I'm Maya Mukherjee. And I'm Edith Shoma. You're listening to Daybreak. Here we go, yo! Here we go, yo! So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo! Here we go, yo! So what, so what, so what's the Today, scenario? Black Nightlife features a few Hallmark events. Bonnets and do-rags, the annual Black Student Gala, and Black and Gown Night at the Eating Club Cap and Gown. Just name a few. But back in the 90s, at the height of the hip-hop scene, one group was at the center of Black nightlife, and maybe nightlife altogether. That group was the FOPO DJs. If you're a student organization, you want to throw a live party, you call it FOPO. If you were the third world center and you were doing a party for the larger community, you call it FOPO. FOPO was generally where the option was at. So today, Daybreak sits down with the group and looks back at their impact on campus life in the 90s and continuing legacy. Listen in. Last year, we sat down with three of the members of the FOPO DJs. My name is John Weaver, also known as Jay, a member of the class of 1992. I'm Dale Williams, class of 93 by way of 92. I am uh, Selwyn Seifu Hines, class of 93, and the only affiliation that matters is uh, FOPO DJs. That's true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what are the FOPO DJs? Our DJ company was called FOPO DJs. It stood for Four Poor DJs. DJs came in and out as people graduated, but you know, it was really this huge collective that we built up where it wasn't just the DJs, there were some MCs, there were dancers, like so instead it was all part of this whole hip hop culture that we were a part of in the late 80s, early 90s. I started in fall of 89, and um, just to add you a, a different kind of context, a social-political context. Uh, fall of 89 is, um, was a very charged time uh, in New York City, uh, in the East Coast region. In New York, a few incidents had happened that we uh, colloquially just call Bensonhurst or Howard Beach or so on and so forth. But there were these markers of racially charged times. Um, fall of 89, uh, a fight to power was sort of the anthem when I started school. So it's a good indication of sort of where, what the climate was. What that means in terms of what we do is you have a black community at a school like Princeton, this huge institution that in many ways, not surprisingly, but is is, is trying to exist within, within the monolith. And music and partying sort of gave us, um, it wasn't just about having a good time. It was about fostering and finding community within a structure that at its best um, felt indifferent to you and at its worst felt specifically hostile to, you know you know towards you so partying or socializing or being djs for us was also had that particular context to it you know as well while hip-hop was a mainstay of their sets they weren't afraid to venture out of the genre the other sort of dominant music form for us alongside hip hop is something called house music, you know, which uh, was really, really, really strong in the New York, New Jersey region in the time we went to school, and we were all kind of acolytes of house music. Which is a 
kind of dance, a kind of soulful dance music, which is also particularly popular within the gay community as well. And one one of the beautiful things for me about house music is the way it brings together those two marginalized communities, um, black community and gay community, since it was black gays in Chicago who kind of created house music. And along those lines, one thing about us DJing was we brought all folks together from Princeton's communities at our parties, black, white, Hispanic, straight, gay. It was really just about coming out and having a good time and dancing. But then there were parties that we would do that were like ostensibly kind of like black community parties, but everybody could come, right, that we had at TWC, which is now, what is TWC now, guys? TWC stands for the Third World Center, which is now known as the Carl A. Field Center. Back in the time of the FOPO DJs, the TWC was the home of Black student life. Michelle Obama, class of 85, served on its board, and generations of Black students found a cultural home there. There are special event nights when we would do parties, and, and the guys will, will talk about this. There, there are sort of big standing parties that we did that had their own identity, their own notoriety that were like once a year. And they hosted some wild parties. At the top of Fire Hall, we basically had an event three years in a row, maybe two years in a row, and it's called Bears You Dare, where we basically had the whole top of the hall. We DJed up there. People came up and imagine nightlights going off, strobes, fog machine. big fog machine. It was a club mm-hmm. at the top we of the hall. always got in trouble with the fog machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used to do parties in Chancellor Green at the Rotunda. The architecture building and it basically being converted into a nightclub. And we were the DJs for that event, and it was called the Beaux-Arts Ball. And it was like the entire building, literally just a club, with all of the nice architectural elements in there, all the student pieces and projects. And here we are with fog machines and and lights and strobes and disco balls. We just basically turned it into a a nightclub on campus. No, we, we did a lot of things, it was fun, that created memories and i think that mm-hmm. was the important part not just for us but for our, our classmates and for all the people who came to campus and attended we created mm-hmm. memories and i always say four years in college is a short time because you get there you go to school for four years and you graduate and go about your life so you really don't have a short amount of time to create some really specific good memories and so that mm-hmm. was kind of our mission you know we wanted people to have fun and create some wonderful memories while they were there so that you know here we are now i just had my 30th reunion we're still talking about some of these events. You know, those memories stick. I think one of my favorite parties was, I think it may have been my sophomore year. And I don't think there was a particular occasion. It was just a weekend night. That was Corrigan Brown, class of 96. He's an alum who lived through FOPO's era of campus nightlife. He still keeps up with them on social media. You know, it was like just head nodding, kind of, you know, loud, kind of mosh pit energy. Everybody kind of gathered together and, you know, muddled together. It wasn't violent at all, but it was just like everybody just kind of pushing and jumping and really enjoying that community spirit. The dominant nightlife for Princeton, of course, was the street, Prospect Ave. The eating clubs were really the center. Thursday and Saturday nights were busy. A lot of drinking that happened. Uh, so, and, you know, music and culture were definitely not, growing up in a predominantly black area in South Dakota County, music, the culture, the heavy drinking were not something I was used to. So I was definitely looking for other things. 
And so that was cool. It was, you know, mostly black crowd, just really completely in the moment, completely in the music. And we forgot about the stresses of our school work. We forgot about the stresses of kind of being a minority on campus in the 90s. And we really just were completely there together in community in the moment. But our DJing group didn't limit themselves to parties and live sets. They were also an integral part of the early 90s era of WPRB. At the time, hip-hop was still mostly a part of the underground music scene. College DJs like Fofo were a major part of pushing the genre to the mainstream. The name of their show? Vibes and Vapors. Good evening, check this out, B. You're listening to Sounds of 103.3. Dale basically spearheaded our radio station presence on WPRB, where we were able to get not just Princetonians, but members from the greater community to be part of this one big musical family uh, in the Princeton area. I mean, we actually had an office on Nassau Street because we had a place to go and we built a studio in the basement and we had an office printed records and everything yeah we did make our own records too a couple of times that's right (laughs) and tapes (laughs) lots of tapes the show was a hit on wprb and fopo's collective was able to reach a wider audience through the radio waves their musical knowledge technical expertise and charm they were able to spread their love of hip-hop throughout princeton's campus as well as the larger jersey community vibes and vapors you know thursday night Frankly, it's how the three of us became famous in a certain way. You know, there were at least a couple things that happened at the time. One in Vibe magazine that like kind of denoted our show as one of the best college hip hop radio shows, you know, in, 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 in the era. We will all gladly tell you that we were probably number two behind the Stretch and Bobito show, which is internationally acclaimed. But we had a really good show. The legacy of Vibes and Vapors still lives on at WPRB. They're featured in the WPRB's digital archives. In fact, a plaque with a photograph of them hangs in WPRB's Bloomberg Hall studio today. It was a commemorative piece awarded to FOPO by the station for helping to produce the soundtrack for the 1998 crime drama, Belly, starring Nas and DMX. Now that's good, because honestly, I, I don't even know how much the current sort of kids at PRB really have context for what we did, you know what I mean, and, and, and who we were. While the institutional memory of FOPO has slowly faded out of the consciousness of current undergrads, it hasn't faded amongst their peers. Reunions for them has been a way to keep their DJing hobby alive, and they've been invited back year after year. Yeah, so we we were DJing on the back of a truck during P-Raid, and that was like a lot of fun. They stopped it after that. (laughs) <laughs> no no DJing from the backs of trucks ever. <laughs> and then we broke uh we broke reunions that year with uh, Naughty by Nature. That's correct. At the uh 92's 25th. Mm-hmm. And they then they said no big act. no big celebrity acts anymore. I didn't really understand what Princeton was until maybe maybe I was out of school for maybe fifteen years. I didn't honestly. come to enjoy honestly. reunions till about honestly my twentieth reunion. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, somewhere between fifteen and twenty, I got it, and and I got it when I two things were happening. One, the cohort or the, the people that I went to school with 
we're all becoming really incredible people and their institutional memory of what we meant to them also right. felt like it got richer as time go, goes mm -hmm. by right so all of a sudden you're like wait you know you got so-and-so who's got the biggest VC fund in America and this person who's this person this and all of them were just like oh my god FOBO okay. right and <laughs> And then you're like, oh, okay, I really get it. I really get what this meant to people. I really get how much this was a glue that bonded people that, you know, 30, 40, whatever years later, it's what matters to them as a huge part of their experience in Princeton. DJing was at the heart of social life on campus back in the 90s. But nowadays, the music and nightlife scene is limited. Most of the time, the soundtrack of a party is curated by throwing a phone around and eating club floor for impromptu song queuing. So what are we, the students of today, missing out on? Yeah, there's no Spotify, there's no Apple Music, there's no, yeah. you know, so it's like, if you want, we, we literally are holding the keys to a musical right, experience in a very different way, so. But it also fostered these social relationships where you had to talk to other people, you had to visit Dale's room, you know, and you built relationships. You weren't just on your phone or your device or your computer, you know, doing things by yourself. So I think that's, that's missing today. I will say the one thing that I hear from my kids who, you know, my daughter graduated from Princeton last year. My son's a freshman there now is that the nightlife experience is very different than when we were students. And, mm -hmm. you know, just the entire social aspects of being a, a college student today is different. And I'm not sure what can be done to change that or improve it or make it closer to what we experienced but it was a bond for not just the three of us but for our whole generation you know music bonded us all together so that we can come back to reunions 25 plus years later and sit with classmates from all different walks of life and just have this common experience that existed on Princess campus on nassau street in the clubs you know that we were able to just pull together so i think that's something that's missing from the college experience now at princeton that would be, you know, really worthwhile to figure out how to bring back. Have fun while you're in school, create some memories. You know, those four years, I know you're stressed, you're in school, you're doing your work, but you know, have some fun. And that's what we what we tried to do with our classmates. And and the music was central to that. Here, here. Uh, I could not say it better myself. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Caleb Park, Laura Sabrosa, and Eden Teixome. Sound engineered by Eden Teixome, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of The Prince. Special thanks to our former podcast staffers, Hope Perry and Kavya Kamath, for their work on this episode. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Maya Mukherjee. Have a wonderful day.